Hello, this is Richard C. Wilson with the Family Office Club and CommercialRealEstate.com, and we're doing a short member spotlight video today with Brandon Schwab of Shepherd Premier Senior Living. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Great. So Brandon. you're in a niche that is of pretty high interest to me because I see so many thousands of real estate people per year flowing through the Family Office Club. Right. Most of them are doing, no offense if you're doing this, but most of them are doing multifamily, some self-storage, mini office park, et cetera. Nothing wrong with those areas, but when you see thousands in those areas, it's hard for something to stand out. You're in the senior living category, but you're in an area that I've been trying to learn more about uh, related to boutique senior living or residential right. assisted living. And I want you to kind of explain what that is so people really get what you do because it's a real you know, I don't know if it's a cottage industry or a real sub niche of the industry, but it's a real growing, thriving thing right now. If you can just explain that concept. Definitely. So the business, uh, caring for the folks who are going to be older has been able to change over the past 40 or 50 years. Typically it was all very big buildings only, but over the past 10 to 15 years, things have been able to change. There has been different options that have been offered because folks that are getting older are expecting a better quality product. And a thing that's very interesting is it began in California. There's over 2,800 of these homes that are under 10 beds. And down in Florida, there's 1,800. So it's a thing that has been out here, but it hasn't been talked about very often. But typically, um, folks who are older are going to go to a bigger box building that's um, 150 to 200 beds. The average caregiver in those buildings have to care for 15 to 20 people. So have you ever been in those buildings and the odor isn't that very good, right? That's because right. they aren't getting very good care. So a a thing that's been very popular over the past 10 years that people aren't able to talk on is the Uber of this type of industry. And when I'm talking about that is I'm talking about the industry of these boutique type homes with 10 to about 15 beds each. Um, and that's, and that's becoming very popular because people that are going to come out of their own home are comfortable being in a actual home, right? And to go out of their home to our home is easy. To go out of their home into an institutional type place of 200 beds with these giant buildings and just hallways, that isn't as easy. So um, hopefully that's able to answer, but that's gonna give you an idea. So like how this industry has been able to pick up. It is awesome because it is going to combine the asset that is gonna be underneath plus a the business on top of that, um, which is taking care of the elder. Those are two good industries to be in and to take both of those and put them into together is awesome. Plus I am able to tell our different investors that like this is the ultimate place to park your dollars because it's, it's a place to earn very good ROIs because our average tenant pays $5,000 each month and I've got 10 to 15 of them per house. However, it's giving an impact to help the elderly that isn't found elsewhere. I mean, I talked to a bunch of these guys that are doing these apartment buildings all over the place. And it's funny because I think of our houses and I go, this house back behind me is outperforming a bunch of these big properties and I don't have to deal with 200 plus 
tenants, you know, like, and, right. but like everyone's talking on it and they aren't talking on this yet. But because there's 10,000 baby boomers per day that are entering into the age that they are going to have to have care, I would hope that this would be the first time that if anyone uh, like hasn't ever heard of this, that they're going to open up their eyes and to identify that going forward, this is going to be a very, very big thing. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's something that I had a gut reaction to when I first saw this presented at a doctor investor club about a year and a half ago. I texted my brother as a security attorney and told him, hey, we need to research this. There's something here that's yeah. interesting that has real scalability, but is overlooked by almost all investors. I've never seen this presented on in 13 years running the family office club at any of our 140 live events. Wow. Um, but I see that there's many of these examples out there. So I like what you're doing here. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, during COVID though, you see all these headlines, oh, nursing home, you know, hotspot for COVID or a nursing home, um, you know, suggesting there's liability because people just got decimated by COVID inside of some of these nursing homes. I would guess that bad press would just kill some of the nursing home you know, community, business, momentum, has it hurt your business dramatically or how, how have you been doing amidst all that? So to be honest, as far as COVID, COVID's been tough on a bunch of the bigger box buildings, but all that it has actually done is it has exposed their holes. It has exposed the bigger box buildings problems that they don't offer a very good care. And they also expose that they are focused on the earnings. So a thing that happens is, is these big box buildings are out there and they have 200 plus people in there, but if anyone gets infected, it just goes from person to person to person. I am very, I am very proud to tell you that out of, out of our, five homes today, we don't have any cases of the case for COVID at all in any of our different homes. And that's because I closed our doors earlier to outside folks coming in. We did that against trying to earn dollars. We did that to protect people because that's our top focus where the other bigger box buildings a bunch of them got caught up because they didn't close their doors they didn't check people's uh their temp at a door like those are easy things that these bigger box they just didn't do hmm. and that tells you the impact of a big giant corporation that takes forever to do anything different it takes too much time right first our businesses aren't really big and we are very focused on offering awesome care. And it was very easy. Folks don't come in if they don't absolutely have to be there. So we have been operating through COVID without any issues um, at all. And we are very thankful for that. Um, I do get though that things could happen. However, our business is very careful that although I've got a couple open beds in, in our different homes as I am able to open up homes, our business isn't taking everybody that's able to come in. We are very careful of who I take in. So right. um, that's how our business has done post-COVID. I think we're actually busier today than I was actually before all of this happened. Um, hmm. I think folks are finding that the bigger box buildings really aren't as, as popular of a option. And folks are actually going to there if their parents are in there 
and they are able to take them home. They're taking right. their parents home, but then they are, are, they are able to find out quickly, like, oh my goodness, like this is tough work. Um, and particularly if, if they have things going on or they have to be places, they have their own kids, like their parents can't be there on their own. So they're, they are trying to find a different alternative option. And I think these type of homes back behind us is a perfect option that is, that is going to be very busy going forward. So, uh, post COVID, um, our business is the Uber of the industry where the bigger box buildings are the typical taxi cab industry that they just have not adjusted their business plan to keep up with um, a potential case of COVID or if there's going to be anything else that is able to come down. I mean, a very big building of um, 100 to 200 people just isn't going to be able to hold those cases down. Right, right. And then just to uh, clarify for someone completely new to this, when you see the home behind Brandon, like I'm not an expert, but from a, you know, person who doesn't know much as perspective of this, you're essentially finding a home that's typically single level, typically already has some easy to navigate features inside. You're putting down industrial, easy to clean floors, railings, getting it to standard, putting safety things in the bathrooms, equipping the bedrooms to be easier to maneuver, maybe widening doorways that people get through with walkers or wheelchairs, et cetera, and mm -hmm. kind of making it friendly to have five to 12 or more people in a single family home that just by chance was extra large and a little bit pre-modified to be okay to use for that. And now because of all you've learned from that, you keep an eye out for those. We have also acquired land to build out these pods of homes that right. from the beginning are built the right way. So you don't have to rehab these things for a couple hundred to half a million dollars. Um, is that mostly on the mark or uh, is there one or two other really important points to make there? Um, no, so these places back behind me, um, so I've been able to find them, purchase them, be able to open them up. Our so um, homes begin between 10 and about 15 beds per home. I find that the five bed homes really can't cover the overhead piece of our overall business. A five bed home is typical for a person who's gonna own it, but also be in those type so, so of homes every day. Uh, because this is an actual business for us, our point for us to begin is 10 to about 15 beds per home. Um, so like anything under, it, it just doesn't operate within our overall business model. So a thing that has, kept us from being able to get bigger faster is it's harder to find these type of homes. I mean, this place back behind me here is 5,000 feet, but it's hard to find them where they, they are going to build them, but they're typically on two different floors. So one of our elder properties um, that's close to 8,000 feet, this is a awesome home, but it is on two different floors. It's, it's very difficult to find a four to 5,000 uh, property that's on the first floor only. I can't find them, um, but they are very difficult to find. So going forward, our plan is to begin opening up and to build all of all of our homes that are going to be fully purpose built. So, Richard, I cannot hear you, sir. Oh, there we go. There yeah, no, it's interesting. Okay, so my other question is about what you guys are doing now going forward in terms of 
offering for investors. And as you talk about, you know, your fund or your projects, I think important for my investors and in our community community is just to know, is this really a, an income type offering for investors? And the reason why they're typically investing is they get a nice, you know, 8% piece of income with a secure piece of collateral kind of behind it, or is this a little bit of income, but it's mostly that capital appreciation. because you're going to flip this thing and, in seven years, or if you can describe kind of what you're doing investment offering wise, but through the lens of how it should be sorted out by investors, I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah, so that's a very good question. Um, we are we are definitely, so I'm looking to expand to be able to keep being able to open up homes uh, to take care of the elderly. Um, we have a caregiver for every five people. Um, so I do have to open up a whole bunch of different homes to keep up with that. So, um, as far as the offerings to investors, it's, it's, it's a, a pretty easy so opportunity because there's a couple different options. Um, either I'll have it where it's all debt and it's, it's an all debt piece backed by the asset, or I've also done it where it will be a piece of debt coupled with a little bit uh so of where they're going to own part of the llc uh different investors tend to go towards each of those different offerings but i am able to offer both of those as i am able to expand because i figured it's better to offer two different options uh compared to compared to only one so um a thing that's great is um when I offer the debts backed by the property, um, that there is a very good option. Those payments go out, um, we pay them quarterly. And when I do the kind of the debt plus owning a bit of the equity, um, those go out each each quarter as well but a thing that's great there it is is if they're going to choose the op um the option for the equity they don't have the asset back behind it so we would be actual partners in this llc however the equity piece back behind it has benefits that the debt only piece doesn't for to give you a pretty good a pretty good example um, if we were to take a property and to get it up and operational is 1.2 million, okay? But then after it's all done and fully occupied, it would appraise at 3.5 million, okay, for example. But a bank would give us up to 80% of that back out, and we would only do about 65%, so call it 2.4 million those that are involved in the equity would get to participate in the elder deals because the overage has an opportunity for us to get them into elder opportunity. So there is added perks that aren't in the elder type of offering. Um, so anybody that's interested in either of those two, we can kind of custom pick and kind of custom build the opportunities that fit their overall outcome. Um, okay. Folks, are interested in this because it gives them the asset back behind it, coupled with a business that is only gonna be going up and up until about 2035, when the elder count population will then kind of begin to go down. It, so it is going to peak in, in 2035. 
So that gives us 15 plus years of a, a very good business. And our overall exit plan is to build it 2030, I think, will probably entertain offers for the whole portfolio. So there's gonna be times to get in, there's gonna be options to get out, but then there's also the end actual exit in the end. Um, okay, okay, great. That was gonna be one of my questions about the, uh, the amount of time that they would be into a deal. There'll be some one-off opportunities that are a shorter holding time. There'll be some other times they invest, but because of a refinancing, they get some capital either out or recycled into the next deal. It'll right. just depend on what options most appropriate for kind of their their preferences, I guess, and what opportunities are available at the time they invest, right? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, any last big insights that are most important? Like if you sat down and had a cup of coffee with an investor and it's their first time seriously looking at investing in this area, what is something really important for them to, to get about who you are, your firm is, about this industry that you just don't want to end this interview without really communicating clearly? Oh, geez, that's a very good question too. Um, so I would first talk with them and ask if they have personally gone through either putting their parent or anyone that is in their family into these type so, so of homes. And then, so I would begin to ask them first about those type of the background. And then, and then based on that feedback, even if they had a very awesome background in this industry of these bigger type homes or an absolute terrible one, those are both very good investors because they get it. They get that the aging of our whole country is going to have to have a place for them to go. So I would first be very purposeful to connect and then I would tell them about things that I have personally done. Um, so this business isn't just about being able to earn dollars. It's about able to change the industry. And by coupled up with some of these very good investors, this isn't just parking dollars and earning their very good ROI. This is about changing the industry. Kind of, I think about how, if you think about the taxi cab industry, it didn't do anything different for about 40 years. And then came a company called Uber who changed it all upside down because they had an idea. I um, have an idea to change the industry to offer our first. So I would talk to them about our upfront five to 10 year plan. But big picture, I would also tell them that our company is in a position to change the whole industry and they have an opportunity to be part of it. So at the end of it, so, so I would ask them if they had an opportunity, talk to the folks who opened up Uber early on, would they park dollars in that company if they got the opportunity? And as I ask people that, the answer is always of course, right? Right. We've got the identical opportunity here. We are changing the industry, and I feel that this is a very good opportunity for folks who aren't interested in doing it on their own personally, because it takes time. I mean, being able to, to actually operate these homes is tough. I would actually try to talk anyone out of getting into this business. It's very difficult. Yeah. However, an outside capital investor has such a huge impact on the ability to help change the elderly's outcome. 
four, five, 10, 15 years that it isn't just about earning money. So I would tell them all of that. And then at the end that if they felt comfortable that this asset fit their portfolio and the overall impact of being able to invest, that's the only type of person I would take any, any type of income um, because if they don't fully get our business and if they're only here only to earn, that isn't a good fit for us. This is a part that I am looking to partner up with partners that get it and that truly actually care. Um, right. We aren't just in it to earn dollars. I've had folks come in that you can just tell they aren't really good people and they're just right. in it to earn money. And I'm like, you know, this isn't a very good fit. Right, so, right. I can attest uh, to the amount of work. Um, when I heard about this, you know, um, I texted my family members and said, hey, dig into this, let's do research. When we researched the RN needing to be on site uh, almost all the time, when we researched potential liability if you mess up royally, uh, when we researched um, the operational headaches of it, we backed up a little bit and said, hey, this isn't our strength. This isn't our area of excellence. Uh, no. Let's keep our eye out for someone. So as soon as you emailed me the first time, I said, hey, we need to talk. You know, let's get to know each other better. This is an area of interest for me. I know this area, just not as an expert. So I can definitely agree with what you're saying there. I also want to point out many times people say they have an impact investment and they're turning trash into diesel fuel, but they don't really have a real product yet. It's not proven or they're doing an impact investment, but it's really just using that as a marketing ploy. And they're really just fixing up apartment buildings, raising the rents on people. And, you know, they say it's a better place to live, but you know, I mean, how much of an impact did it make besides making it harder for people to afford the rent who lived there before? In this case, it's better care, even if there wasn't a virus around, better care for the dollar for families needing the solution you have a genuine interest in making a positive impact. It's not just a marketing spin. Right. And it also aligns doing well with being innovative on the service and innovative for an investor. Because you can put your money into normal senior living, but because of that arbitrage you have over the big bureaucratic firms and being able to bring so much income in per square foot of NOI, it's that ability to create great NOI per square foot, I think, that makes this interesting at the investment level, but also just doing well for people that you work with as a business. And when you can align both of those, then right. people aren't turned off by impact investing. Otherwise they think, oh, well, I'm being a good person on planet earth, but I'm making less money because I'm just being a nice person. And some people in the family aren't gonna like that type of an impact investment. So I just wanted to point that out as kind of aligned with some trends that I'm seeing. Perfect, yeah. thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you being here today. Uh, what's the best way for someone to follow up now and have a conversation with you, ask you questions, and uh, see if there's a way to work together or invest uh, with your group? Either um, you could call our office at 312-288-8022, um, or um, you can book a time to talk with me personally. Um, I've got an online calendar. Um, it's probably the best way to get a hold of me, uh, past the office call. Um, it's my, it is B-R-A-N-D-O-N-S-C-H-W-A-B.com. So just go there. It's this picture back behind me, um, dot com. So just Great. go there, book a time to talk with me. I would tell you to call the office first. That's, that's 
uh, that's probably our best way. And then afterwards to book a time to talk with me. If you call, the gal at the office is gonna help book a time to talk as well. So okay. that's, that's best. Um, I am very interested um, to, to talk with folks that are able to uh, have dollars to help the elderly and uh, be part of the Uber conversion in this particular asset class. So I feel that uh, there's plenty of opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting. I've got um, a couple of, I've got two or three investors I know off the top of my head that I need to connect you with later today that would appreciate the connection. So I'll follow up with you as well personally. Appreciate your time here today. Thank you, sir. I'll see you at one of our, you know, commercial real estate or family office club events here soon. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.